Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1 800 49 Purity. Hi, my name is Jonathan and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up March 9th through the 11th in Texas in the peaceful Rolling Hill Country. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY, that's 1-800-497-8748, or visit gatewaymen.com. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. My name is Jonathan, and I'm excited to share with you a talk that I gave recently at a men's conference uh, talking about the problem of lust and how to overcome it. So I want us to just dive right in, and uh, this is going to be a two-part series. So this is the first part in the series, and then our next uh, time with you, we'll share that second part. If you have any questions or you would like help in your own journey of recovery uh, and growing in integrity, please reach out to us. You can uh, contact us through the the website at puresexradio.com, or you can call us toll-free at 1-800-497-8748. Thanks. I believe there's men in this room that need desperately an experience of the grace of God in their lives because you have done a great job of condemning yourself for the secrets that you're carrying, for the things that you're hiding, for the stuff that you are wearing, the shame that you are wearing. And guys, I'm going to tell you from that day in 1999, Christ met me on my floor. It has been his grace that has been transforming my life from that moment forward. I've been on a nearly 19 year journey of understanding what does it mean to have the grace of God transform my life. It's not by rules. It's not by law. It's by His grace that He transforms us. I'm so thankful that we have been spending time in the book of Titus. You know, we've been in Titus chapter 3, but guess what chapter comes before Titus chapter (laughs) 3? Titus chapter 2. And there's something very important that I want to share with you that is foundational to everything that we're going to be talking about here. Titus chapter 2 Verse 11 and 12 says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Guys, it is the grace of God that trains us to resist ungodliness and to say say yes to that which is right. 
It's not the law of God. It's not the rules of God. It's the grace of God that trains us. So let's take a look now, and just just to give you a little bit of the rest of the story. So after nine months of separation, my wife and I were miraculously reconciled. And I don't use that word miracle lightly because I think it's a very particular word. A miracle is to bend or break natural laws. A miracle is the parting of the Red Sea. A miracle is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, guys, I actually believe that God broke natural laws to reconcile my marriage. Think about it from a human perspective, from a worldly perspective. There's no reason why that woman should have come back to me. She even had some of her Christian relatives telling her, I think you're wrong to consider reconciliation. But we chose to follow God's voice instead of anybody else's voice. And as God was doing transformation in my life, he was doing healing in hers. And one of the things I learned during that separation, and I hope you married guys will hear this, God will always be the better husband to our wives. And if we can trust in that and recognize that, yes, we have a responsibility to love her as Christ loved the church, but she was his before she was ours. And I guarantee you, his love for her goes deeper than our love ever could. And so be willing to understand the entrusting that we need to have of our wives into the care of God. And then we were blessed with uh, three children after that. And uh, then in 2003, launched Be Broken Ministries after about a year of wrestling with God, which I walk with a limp, by the way, now. Uh, I actually, honestly, when God started calling me into ministry, I was like, no way, forget it. I don't want to be the sex guy, you know, who wants to do that? And so I was really resistant. And then um, about six months into this calling that God was having on my life, I lost my job coincidentally, right? I always like to tell guys that God will never infringe on our free will, but he can narrow your options, okay? And that's how I eventually got... Now, I want you to know that I am joyful in my work now, but it took God doing another form of breaking in my life to get me to a place of recognizing the goodness and the joy that comes when we hold openly our stories, when we're willing to be transparent, when we don't care what kind of reflection it might mean on our reputation, what other people think of us, if it's causing others to come out of the dark and into the light. And so sometimes we need people that are willing to stand up front, take a few hits, be misunderstood for the sake of those that need to hear the message of the gospel to come out of the dark and into the light. And so that's what I want to share with you today is, is what's this problem with lust? Did you know that science is finally catching up to what we already have known is true for a long time? Science is actually showing us that the male brain responds radically differently to images of nude females than any other possible image that you could put in front of him in nature. Now, every man who's ever lived knows that already. It's, I mean, science is always catching up with the truth, guys, just so you know. But they're, but they're showing now that, that there's just a completely different response that men have physiologically in your brain chemistry to seeing the image of a nude female than any other, other image. So I actually want us to perform a little test here, okay? I'm going to show you some images Buckle your seatbelt. I'm going to show you some images, and I just want you to kind of do a test on yourself to be able to say, 
how's my breathing? How's my heart rate? What's happening with my, you know, the palms of my hands or anything like that? So here's the first picture. Okay, guys, how many car guys we got in here, you know? Guys that like restoration. I'm not a car guy, but I love that show, American Pickers, where those guys go in all these garages and find all these, you know, rusty gold. Well, you know, you can, you can have a certain kind of reaction if you see those cars and you're like, yeah, man, I'd like to, I'd like to work on those. Maybe you're an adrenaline junkie. Like you like jumping out of perfectly good airplanes or you like skiing slopes like this. You could see an image like this and you're going to have a response. You could probably, maybe for some of you, you can even feel the cool breeze on your face as you think about that picture. Maybe some of you are more the outdoors type. You're a fisherman, you're a hunter. You see a picture like this and you love camping and you're like, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe we got some tech geeks in here, you know? You like, you like wires and screens and all kinds of stuff like that. Here's the thing. None of those images will cause in you physiologically the same response as seeing a naked woman. So let's see how you respond to that. Guys, I'm not going to show you a picture of a naked woman, okay? But here's the thing, just the possibility that I could do something really crazy like that, I bet some of your pulses increased. I bet some of your eyes dilated. I bet some of your breathing changed. That's because I want you to know something. All of that is part of what God designed when he made male and female and he declared sexuality good. The fact that you have sexual desires and sexual feelings is part of the goodness of God's creation. And I want you to understand that when we see that science is telling us these things about us physiologically, I want you to know that you're not broken physiologically. That is how God designed your brain and your body to respond to sexual imagery. Here is where we then have the problem. Lust is a parasite on what God has called good. Really, you could say that about sin in general. Sin cannot be an entity unto itself. It has to attach it to something. Everything that God made in all of creation, in the entire cosmos, when he created it, at the end of the sixth day, he looked at everything that he had made, including male and female, Adam and Eve. And he declared it very good. What sin then did, all sin does, all lust does, is wants to attach itself to what God has declared good and distort it. Twist it out of focus. Change the direction in which you take it. But I want you to understand at the forefront that having sexual desires, having sexual feelings is part of the good design of God. What we then are called as men is to know how do we manage that in a godly way? How do we manage that according to his design? But I want to first talk about where lust takes us. But before I even get to that, I want to talk about this issue of you see some things up here about uh, when we physiologically what happens to us when we see uh, nakedness. There's lower reasoning brain function. There's reduced awareness of surroundings, increased adrenaline and dopamine, heightened pursuit response. By the way, guys, God put this all in us as men. That's part of our design. Somebody grab your Bible 
and look up Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. I want you to read it out loud, loud enough for everybody to hear it. Proverbs 5, 18 and 19. May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the life of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. May you ever be captivated by her love. Yeah, captivated by her love. You know, some translations say be intoxicated by her love. There's almost a, it's almost like an opiate. And you know, God designed it that way. But guess what he's saying there? He designed it to be intentionally focused on that one person that you were in a covenant bond relationship with over lifetime. But the response is absolutely the way God designed you. But then what lust does is lust attaches it to that and distorts it. And I want to share with you four ways in which lust is a problem. First of all, let's define lust. Lust can just be simply defined as to covet that which God forbids. A desire or craving for self-centered pleasure. So as applied to sexuality, this is to covet anything sexually that God has said is outside of that design of the covenant bond of marriage. So there's a myriad of ways that we can then lust, right? I mean, pornography is certainly one of those ways. Um, you know, there's, there's adultery. There's all different kinds of ways that we can essentially covet that which is outside what God has designed. And so lust is ultimately covetousness. But lust is idolatry. Lust is idolatry. We're told in Romans chapter 1 that, you know, men preferred to worship the creation rather than the creator and therefore defiled themselves in that way. Think about what's happening in lust, that coveting of that which God forbids. We are essentially seeking to take something and we are simply seeking to find satisfaction in something apart from the only source of true satisfaction, which is our creator. So we're simply looking to something that's created and saying, that's what I need. That will satisfy. And if you've gone down this path any length of time, you recognize the emptiness in that. But you also recognize the power of that idolatry. And if you think about it, the idolatry isn't as much about the object of your lust as it is the lust itself becoming an idol. The craving itself to go seek whatever you want at whatever cost to anybody else or even to yourself is really what becomes the idol. So lust creates idolatry. Lust is also stealing. Stealing. Lust claims rights on others that are not given. When you view pornography, you are actually committing theft. Now you might be saying, but wait a second, you know, man, pornography, these are consenting adults, they're giving their permission, I'm just enjoying what they're deciding they wanted to do on their own. Do you know that roughly half, half of all individuals in pornography are trafficked? Meaning they are not there willingly. That's roughly 50% of all pornography is trafficking, trafficked victims. So there's a slavery going on there. So there's already a, a stealing that has occurred there in the sense that those people are being forced to do those things. But I wanna, I wanna help you understand, even if there's this whole idea of consent, I want you to understand what you're actually stealing from these individuals when you're viewing pornography. 
You're stealing their dignity as a human being. Listen, they may be confused and deceived and deluded and, and, and lost, but your consumption of that pornography is you're essentially creating, taking a human being made in the image of God and reducing them to an object for your own pleasure. That is stealing. You know, there's this story in, uh, I think it's in uh, yeah, 2 Samuel 13 about one of David's sons, Amnon. And he starts obsessively lusting after his half-sister Tamar. I mean, this guy gets tunnel vision. And he gets one, he gets a one-track mind towards thinking the only thing that will satisfy him is to have sex with his half-sister. Now, there's a whole lot of brokenness in that family already there, but we're not going to go into all that. So then he sets up this scenario. He sets up this scenario where he pretends to be sick. And then he demands basically that his half-sister be the one that takes care of him. And then when she's taking care of him, he sends out everybody else, and then he tells her to have sex with him. She resists, but he overpowers her and rapes her. He steals from her, her sexuality. He steals from her, her dignity. But then, lust is also a lie. Because you know what happens immediately after that instance in Amnon's life, as soon as he has sex with Tamar, it says in the very next verse, he despised her. Hatred came out of his heart after he actually had the one thing that he had his entire mind on. See, lust lies to us. It's a bait and switch. It tells you, listen, what's behind that screen? What's on the other side of that mouse click? What's on the other side of that room? What's on the other side of that office? With that coworker, that's where real satisfaction is. That's where you'll be satisfied. And even if you possess that which you were lusting after, you will recognize I didn't really satisfy. And guys, this is a huge connection to what Matt's been talking about about longings, right? We recognize if we chase after these things that our lust is demanding, we, we chase after these things that we get tunnel vision and think, if I could just see that, if I could just experience that, if I could just have her, then even if those things happen, on the other side we realize that wasn't true. Lust was lying to me. And then finally, lust is easy. Lust is easy. What did Jesus say? about the way to life and the way to destruction. What is the way to life? Is it broad or narrow? What's the way to destruction? Is it broad or narrow? Broad. Guess what, guys? Jesus said, small is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. But wide is the gate and broad is the path that leads to destruction. Guess where lust is leading you? It's leading you to destruction. And the reason that the way is narrow that leads to life is because as a follower of Jesus, there's one thing that Jesus, one drum that Jesus beats over and over and over again about what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus. And I'll put it into one kind of compound word. Self-denial. Take up your cross daily and follow Jesus. There's a sense of we have to become very good at, at what we might call delayed gratification. Saying no. I like what uh, 
I was in one of the sessions on emotional intelligence, and the idea was understanding how to, how to respond to urges well and, and intelligently without just going with the flow of whatever comes out of us. See, lust is easy. Lust is the way of the flesh. Lust is natural, if I could put it that way. But did you know as a follower of Jesus Christ, he calls us to live a supernatural life, a life that is empowered by his spirit. And while he does say that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, and he even tells us elsewhere that his commands are not burdensome, he does not add any sorrow to his commands. Make no mistake about it. In the daily practical application of taking up your cross, there's a moment of difficulty to make that decision and say, I'm going to deny myself. I'm not going to listen to the lies of lust. I'm going to take the narrow way. That's not easy to do. So that's what lust does. The bottom line on lust, what is the problem with lust? Lust kills love. Lust kills love. Lust and love are mutually exclusive from one another. If you are following the way of lust, you are abandoning the way of love. If you are following the way of love, you are abandoning the way of lust. So just keep that in your mind as, in terms of like a simple way to understand what's the bottom line in terms of what lust does. What's the problem with lust? Lust kills love. And we were made to bear the image of God, and God is love. Thank you for listening to this week's uh, edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We will share the second part of the series with you next time. And until then, we look forward to having you back here again on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.